perspective on English Premier League soccer with hosts Brad Tyndall, Jimmy Karn, and Mike Steenstra. What's up guys? A uh, little bit of a different episode this week. Um, I'm Mike, one of the Roosters, was on vacation. I do the editing, so some of this fell by the wayside. I apologize to one goal for getting this out a bit late because it was right after the second friendly against Venezuela. Um, this is before the Dwayne Holmes injury, so we do have some information about Dwayne. I decided to keep it in just because I like hearing about him, so maybe you do too. Uh, but great insight. Thank you so much for coming on, and, you know, here it is. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another special interview from The Rooster and the Devil. I am extremely excited this evening uh, to have Felix from OneGoal.us. Um, uh, they have a website at OneGoal.us where you can subscribe to their newsletters, um, read some of their other, other articles, um, some cool interviews on there. And also check them out at you uh, at onegoal.us um, on Twitter as well. Felix, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us today. No, oh, thank you for having me. Pleasure to be here. Absolutely. Hey, um, you know, I'm I'm a big fan of, of a lot of the articles and stuff that I've read. Um, I know you guys have only been around for a couple months. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. So we started about I want to say call it two to three months ago now. Um, so we really started. Yeah, actually, I think if you go on our Twitter, it probably says February 2019, and I think we really mm-hmm. hit the ground running in March. Um, so yeah, okay. exciting stuff over here. Absolutely, and and, and what uh you know what kind of led you guys to wanting to start this? Was it just a passion? Is it something you guys are looking forward to as like a career? Um, what's the what's the drive behind it? Yeah, so I think maybe just for a little bit of background. So there's actually three of us running the site, and specifically the newsletter. Um, which comes out every Tuesday, and that's really our, our main product. But um, what really led us to, to actually start the newsletter was, was really simple. So we all are avid U.S. soccer fans, and what we found was it's really tough to keep up with what every player does every week, and there's no really good centralized source to see that. So you got Pulisic, who was playing in Dortmund, but then you got a couple MLS guys you know, Walker Zimmerman out there. And if you really want to sync up and really find out what everybody did that week or what went well, there wasn't a good news source. I mean, just the time difference between those countries, six to seven hours, depending. And so what we really wanted to do was create a one-stop shop for people to get their news in a nice, easy, 10 minutes or less kind of way every Tuesday. Absolutely. And uh, like I said, I um, I was just reading um, your guys' last release, um, a couple days ago, on Tuesday, you said, uh, and um, you know it wasn't. You know, I loved I loved the the breakdown of the U.S. men's national team stuff, but I also liked your guys' uh, coverage of um, uh, the U.S. Uh, the U twenty uh, World Cup as well. Um, tell me, uh, tell me a little bit about you know uh, about what you saw from from the that U twenty team, and then uh, players that you might see as part of uh, the future men's team going forward. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, I, you got to be excited when you see these U-20s play, right? I mean, I think without a doubt, um, they are probably as clear of an indication as you're going to get. U.S. soccer is on the rise, and, and we firmly believe that. I think the one thing that stood out to me and to us 
was these guys can actually possess the ball. And I think that's something that you haven't seen from a U.S. senior team in, in, in some time. And that was probably the biggest takeaway I had. I, I get people were a little bit upset on tab system, sometimes player selection. But the biggest takeaway was these guys came there to play soccer. And it was good one-touch passing, quick counterattacks. You saw that in the game against France where they actually beat them 3-2. to two. Um, So overall... I think the biggest takeaway from a team perspective was, A, these guys are skilled on the ball, they can possess the ball, and then two, and this is something that I think we'll talk about a bit later on the senior team, what was great to see with the U-20s, they cared. They had determination, they had grit, they, they cared, they played with a lot of heart, and, you know, they defended. They, they stood up against France, some of the best teams in the world, and it wasn't always classy that game, but they showed up when it mattered. Um, so those are kind of the biggest takeaway. We actually did go through who, who kind of our main winners out of the tournament were. And I think the real standout on the U.S. has to be Chris Richards. I mean, he was so solid in the back, physically much stronger than some of the guys he was playing against, um, a leader of the back line, great at intercepting the ball. But then also, he can open up the play nicely. And so I think he might be one of the guys that Burhalter starts to take a look at here sooner rather than later, especially because Burhalter likes to play the ball out of the back, and Richards is probably the main guy to do that. Um, obvious- he's, he's, he's currently over in, uh, in Germany, right, for uh, part of the Bayern Munich setup? Yeah, exactly. So he's been at Bayern for, um, for a little while now. So he was with their U19 team, and he actually just got bumped up to Bayern's second team, the reserve team. Um, who are who are now going to play next year in the third division in uh, in Germany? So so I mean it's a good step up for him. Honestly, I think he's probably ready for something higher. Um, and Bayern's in the middle of a complete overhaul. They want to get some youth into their squad. There's pictures of Richards training with the full team. So you know I wouldn't rule out that he sees some senior minutes next year, um, maybe sporadically. Um, awesome. But yeah, cool. really excited about Richards. Uh, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, um, for people who might not have watched all the games, um, the na- the big name that came out of that, uh, you know, that World Cup was uh, um, Soto, you know, scoring goals up top. Right. Um, how, do, how do you see him fitting in, you know, going forward um, with, with, with what seems to be like me a pretty threadbare striker setup right now? Uh, I mean, yeah. everyone knows the name Sargent, but he got left off of the Gold Cup squad. Yeah. Um, but somebody's got to replace Altidore at some point, right? Yeah, no, I'm with you. And I mean, we uh, we rate Soto really highly, actually. I think he brings a couple qualities that have been missing from the U.S. for some time. One thing that stood out to me was, I mean, the guy's not afraid to shoot. He He takes on shots from every angle. And I think that's exactly what you need in a striker. He's pretty intelligent in making runs behind the back lines. And he can score with any part. You saw him head home a nice header after a Mendes corner in the World Cup. He can score with his left, with his right. He absolutely crushed it with the reserve team at Hanover and it's been called up for the senior team. Um, so look, I mean, I think he's one to keep an eye out. He's probably one of the other big winners out of the U-20s. Um, I would say, actually, interesting today, I read this. Um, PSV Eindhoven, the Netherlands, shown some interest in potentially signing him, so that could be an interesting move. Um Personally, I don't know. I'd like him to stay at Hanover. It seems like he's got a good path forward there for some real playing time next year. 
But look, I'm, I'm upbeat on Soto as well. You're right. Altidore can't stay there forever. I read, and I don't know if it's been settled. He he's kind of in a in a contract dispute with Hanover right now. Yeah, um, exactly. Some uncertainty. It didn't seem like uh, Hanover was giving him quite the contract that he wanted, and obviously his stock just rose after this World Cup. So all options seem to be open for him at this point. And then uh, the last guy I'll, I'll mention from um, the U twenty setup um, again uh, is um, a a name that a lot of people know, uh, Tim Weah. Um, yep. Played down there, played very, played very well. Set up, you know, set up Soto for a couple goals. And um, do you think that uh, that those minutes for him at the U twenty World Cup were more valuable than than perhaps you know um, playing with the senior team this this uh, international window? Yeah, so I probably have a have a different view than maybe most of the most of the people I've seen on the USMNT Twitter sphere out there. Um, I actually would have liked to see him with the senior team. Um, I think he's okay. I think he's too good for the U20s. I think he belongs. Um you could see this is what what I thought was so interesting is when the US oftentimes you saw this against the Ukraine when they lost in the in the group stage. Um they just weren't physically fit. So I said their possession was great. I think their soccer was great, but I think what was lacking was you could see them get physically tired at the end of the game. Timothy Weah was not like that. I mean, he was still running all over guys at the end. He was still their main outlet. And yeah, I get it. He wasn't always maybe the main attacker or not every play came off. But to your point, I think he had, and maybe correct me if I'm wrong, I think he had two goals, two assists. I mean, he was there in the big moments. sounds right, yeah. He was there in the big moments for the team, and he stepped up. And my biggest thing with Burhalter and the senior team is we need to see some junior guys, some youth guys get in there and really make a difference. And so I want to see them get as many minutes as possible. But again, I think I think Wea, I think there's news out there that Wea wanted to play with the U20s. So I understand that mm-hmm. getting the choice um and and obviously that's cool and, and you know you want him to play where he wants to play, but I think there's no doubt about it he needs to be part of the senior team. Absolutely, he's definitely, uh, um, you know, he's not Pulisic, but I think he's he's you know part of this uh, incredible generation that uh, of players that we appear to have you know growing here, and and you know you'd want to see them all grow together, not all spart- uh, you know pieced apart. Um, so we've kind of uh, kind of segues nicely into uh, into the U.S. men's national team here. Um, you know, obviously, Gold Cup starts uh, this weekend, correct? I think the first game Saturday. That sounds about right. Okay, um, so uh, you guys do a lot of extensive coverage. Um, you know, we can we can mention you know the Jamaica loss that was um, you know a little difficult, and then also uh, you know the 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 beat down by Venezuela. Yeah. Um, and it's hard to take it's hard to take any of the, like the, that sort of stuff too seriously as far as friendlies go um but tell me what you saw you know between those two games um and then tell me kind of how you feel about you know the the final 23 man roster obviously we found out yesterday that Tyler Adams had to withdraw due to a groin injury um which is sad but also I'm glad I don't have to watch him play right back um <laughs> you, you and know, everyone uh, else but, I think like, it, <laughs> Yes, uh, but I mean, um, 
just kind of walk me through that. That's, I know it's a pretty general question, but how did you feel about those two warm-up games and then the roster that he's got assembled for um, for this summer? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, look, I'll start with the I'll start with the games first, and I think I mean the the loss to Jamaica. You know, I think people swallowed it, and it wasn't a good game, and people took it in, and I think it was it was fine and people didn't want to overreact but then the beat down by Venezuela I mean I thought I, I saw some real concerns there I think we just talked about how great the U20s were possessing the ball I mean the senior team was the exact opposite there was no mobility up front no one was making runs in the midfields you could physically see Miazga trying to pass the ball sideways maybe 50 times because he couldn't find an outlet um People took so long on the ball. Um, it was watching like a, I don't know, high school varsity team of players who didn't know where to kick the ball. No one really wanted to get rid of it quickly enough. <laughs> um, right. And then on top of that, you know, there were obviously, and, and everyone saw that, I mean, there were defensive errors. I mean, Stefan's, Stefan's error for the first goal is obvious. Miazga for the second one. Um, where he tried to kind of attack the ball from a throw-in and just completely abandon his position. And then the third goal was kind of a compilation of mistakes, mainly by Aaron Long. But, look, yeah, I'm not... He got, he got out-muscled by Rondon so, so poorly. It was Yeah, that was frustrating. I think the defensive errors, that's not what is concerning to me. I think that happens. Those are individual errors. And, yes, it's a problem, but it's easily fixable. Um What's much more of a problem was that Berhalter's system didn't seem to work. I mean, you saw Nick Lima push into the center of the midfield. It just left Trapp sort of in a weary position, didn't know where he was supposed to be while Lima was stepping in the middle. I think that got a bit better towards the end of the game when Lima was playing more like a pseudo-winger. Um, but all in all, I mean, they looked uncomfortable in a system. Um, and I think they need to do a lot of fixes. And I think the biggest thing comes down to probably player selection. And this goes to your point, how do I feel about the 23 roster? I mean, we've said this in our newsletter. It's going to be a slow transition. It's going to take a long time to integrate some of our talents in there, which is why we were big fans of the U23 combined camp with the, with the senior camp. I think that's great. That gives these guys a foot in the door with Burhalter, shows them the system, how they want to play. But I think we would have really liked to see more of a push in terms of including some of the youth. You mentioned Sargent. I think he's a big omission that should be there. It's inexcusable that he's not playing in the U-20s or the senior team this summer. Then you got Jonathan Amon, who was left off the roster kind of in a similar situation. You got Cameron Carter-Vickers, who put up the best passing accuracy in the entire championship last season. So there's just a couple big names that I would have liked to see them get integrated. I just don't see the value in putting someone like Omar Gonzalez in there when you have a 21-year-old center back like Cameron Carter-Vickers ready to go who could start to learn and get integrated with the system. So I think in part it's the tactics, in parts it's the player selection. And then the last part that was really just disappointing was the lack of determination by the players to grind out a win or at least grind out a result against Venezuela. I mean, I felt like we saw people walking back and not really attacking the ball. <clears throat> um, so maybe that's a little rant on my part. Those were all the negatives. 
I don't think, and just want to be clear on this. I mean, I I still think Berhalter is the good guy or the right guy for the team. I think his tactics actually do work, but I think he needs to be more flexible with it. When they clearly didn't work against Venezuela, I think there has to be a plan B for the team, and there wasn't for the entire ninety minutes. Um, so look, excited what this Gold Cup roster will do. There's a couple exciting names we're watching. Dwayne Holmes, probably one of the biggest ones. I think he was a spark already. Tyler Boyd is another big one. Yes, yeah, we uh we loved we love Dwayne Holmes um, at Rooster and the Devil. Um, Brad, one of uh one of our uh, contributors is a huge uh, Derby County fan. Um, oh yeah. So yeah, we love we love Dwayne Holmes here. So do we. I mean, we we've covered Dwayne Holmes since we started, and I mean, there's. I'm glad he's finally a part of the roster, and I think you saw his impact. If he oh. takes on like a center mid role and you push Pulisic out wide, have Adams as the number six. I mean, I think we can compete. Holmes probably one of the most underrated players in the championship. So let's uh so we talked about you know some of the um uh some of the disappointments but some of the other players that we are excited for you know for for this uh this gold cup um and you know even in the Venezuela loss some of the frustrating stuff you you want to believe that um you know it's still like a tune up learning game for a lot of those guys um that having been said they you know uh, they got a, a pretty pretty easy uh draw for their first game um, but overall, these the, the first three games, um, and and then I guess the tournament in general. What do, what are your expectations? What is uh what is a, a successful Gold Cup, um, according to One Goal.us? Yeah, I mean, look, I think there's no reason why the U.S. should not be able to win the Gold Cup. Um, with all due respect to the other nations playing, it's not the most high caliber tournament, and the United States shouldn't necessarily. <clears throat> be competing only against those i think we have bigger aspirations than that i think that said you know mexico looks good this year they're probably the tournament favorites um i think you saw what jamaica can do um and so there's definitely some sleeper teams in there that i would keep an eye out but look i think there's no reason why the u.s shouldn't get out of the group and then after that knockout is always tough but I would say at least get to the final would be sort of our minimum expectation, even though we know Tyler Adams won't be there. Um, you know, Ethan Horvath is another one I'd like to get see some playing time, but he's missing it due to an injury. Um, you know, I know it's probably not the, the full-strength squad, but nonetheless, I mean, I think there's no reason why we shouldn't be able to get another, another shot at Mexico. So it is. It is a. I didn't. I didn't ask this when we were talking about the roster. So, but it is obviously a pretty MLS heavy squad. Right. Um. Do you think that that's due just to the nature of the tournament, the timing of the tournament, or do you think that um, Burhalter, um, quote unquote, has a soft spot for for MLS players? I really hope it's not the second option. Um. I, I mean, I think the best players should be on the national team, period, no matter where they play. Um, I don't like the rhetoric out there that says the MLS is a bad league. I think we produce quality players. I think you saw that in Tyler Adams. I think everyone who says the MLS is not competitive is probably flat out wrong or just lazy and doesn't watch all the players. Um, that said, 
if you look at kind of the roster that we have projected, our ideal ro- roster for one goal 2022, <clears throat> we have a lot more European-based players on there. And, you know, this kind of goes back to my point. I don't care where they play, <clears throat> but Cameron Carter-Vickers is just a better defender right now than Omar Gonzalez. There's no, there's no arguments about that from a third-party perspective. Um, so look, yeah, I mean, I hope he doesn't have a bias for the MLS and he's still a new coach. And so we'll give him the benefit of the doubt, but you know, without a doubt, most of our good young talents, they're making careers in Europe. So there's no reason not to include him. And that's Jonathan Amone. That's Ethan Horvath. That's Cameron Carter Vickers. That's Matt Miazga. So there's a lot of the guys and a lot of the guys just haven't been considered for one reason or another. Forgot to mention Sargent in that, obviously. Oh. But, you know, it is what it is. But I don't I don't think it's necessarily a bias. Or maybe I'm going to eat those words here at some point. I really hope there's no bias toward the MLS. So, uh, um, you, I mean, we kind of alluded to it. You, 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 expect, you would expect that the U.S. can win this Gold Cup. Um, if I put you on the spot in... Um, you know, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna turn around and, and call my bookie when we're done here. But <laughs> who, who, who do you got winning? Uh, who do you got winning the gold cup? I still think the U.S. is gonna take it. I really do. Um, I think, I think the Mexican team's strong. I think they got a great coach. Um, but they're not by any means going with their A team either. You know. Right. Um, so, yeah. I mean, if you wanna, if you wanna place a bet for me, also, yeah, my money's still <laughs> yeah. on the U.S. I'll uh, I'll put it down as uh, as one goal dot U.S. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, again, I, I really appreciate you taking the time to join us today. Um, we really appreciate your expertise, and um, you know, as uh, as we go forward, um, you know, with this experience, we hope to you know at international window time, you know, catch up with you guys again. Um, one goal.us they do fantastic coverage not just of the u.s men's national team but also a lot of the young u.s players playing across uh across the globe and uh guys that you might not have heard of they they do a good job of following up on um felix thank you so much for joining us tonight absolutely thanks for having me all right uh all right take care and stop recording boom knowledge bombs one goal.us go follow them they're very good at what they do uh, as I mentioned in the early part of the podcast, I was in Michigan. Uh, I'm from Maryland, so I don't get out there very often. My sister lives out there, blah, 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 blah. But one of the other co-hosts of the show, Brad, is from Michigan, and I caught up with him live. We did a little session on our way to a, a couple Grand Rapids breweries. So it's a bit different uh, than your usual rooster and the devil banter, but it's still fun. So if you're still with us. Welcome to Brad's Car. Bones Eye Brad. Bones Eye Brad here, <laughs> checking in. I just saw the Crown Jewel. It was incredible. It is so good. It's so good. The Don Redwood. It's beautiful. 15 years old. I meant to get a picture with it while I was out there, but I just, just didn't happen, which I'm in Grand Rapids, Michigan right now. I'm from Maryland. So this is rare that the hosts are together. Here's a very rare. Yeah. I don't think we've had any in person actually, uh, roosters or devils combined yet. Um, so that's exciting. Oh, look at this. We're pulling up on uh, GRFC's home field, I believe. 
Yeah? Yeah, it's not, but it's nice enough to be. It's East Grand Rapids on Reeds Lake. It's quite beautiful. Where Where do they play? Uh, they play at uh, Hausman Field, more downtown, centrally located. It's a good spot. How many uh, fans does it hold about? It holds about, I think, six or 7,000. Um, and they get about 3,000, 4,000 a game. Uh, second in attendance in the uh, MPSL. Yeah, and yeah. actually the next... One of the next two episodes will be all about NPSL. The guy Derek from the U.S. Soccer Blog is interning with them, doing some cool stuff with the goal of being an owner of a team someday. And he's only in college. He's 20 years old. It's so cool. Yeah, GRFC, shout out GRFC, is uh, crowdfunded. So there's no, like, huge donor owner. And I think that's really cool. He should go for it. Sounds awesome. Can't wait to hear about it. I feel like you, your personality would actually lend itself well to to managing a team or you know owning a team in some way do you ever think about that yeah but you know financially that's the issue right you got to have some significant backing and and you gotta it's gonna have to be your job right it'd be sure and it'd be a low-paying job i I would think right absolutely i have a passion for it but yeah i'd love that the organization part of it and project manager and me would absolutely love player management and organizational Development, all that fun stuff, but apparently, um, GRFC to buy into that league, it's it's fifty thousand to buy a team. It's not bad. Yeah, right. it's not bad. Right? Yeah, absolutely. I, f- I feel like you could, Rooster and the Devil could crowdfund an ESL team. Oh, I bet we get it in a day from all of you out there, easily. You know, it'd be a good spot for Rockville, Maryland. That would be perfect. Maybe a, a sip uh, like bar right next to it. Just put it in the stadium, like for the supporters. There you go. <laughs> There you go. You got a culture built right in. It'd be beautiful. Yeah. So back to your game. You know, you've had a couple months since you went to the new Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Yeah. Looking back on the trip, what are, do you have any different thoughts about it? Uh, no, about the same. Just overjoyed getting to even see a match anywhere in London, let alone at Spurs Stadium. And uh, the quality, again, was what stood out to me. It's just amazing. These guys are are freaks absolute freaks in person and every pass is perfect and you're su- you're shocked and surprised like you are on tv too um when they when they put a foot wrong when they actually make an incorrect pass or make a mistake because they're like machines out there pretty amazing it's incredible i miss i miss the premier league so much right now i did however catch a bit of brazil australia not Women's world cup yeah it's a silly silly nutmeg i forget her name I think Dabinho scored the goal, but Brazil's looking like a favorite. Australia won. They won that game? 3-2, I believe. Fact check. That's actually not surprising because at first, Australia was thoroughly outplaying them, I thought, and then there was a very questionable penalty call early on, and then I turned it off. Hmm. But I don't know. Have you caught any other games? I caught some of the U.S. game. Um, It's fun. It's fun, man. They they can play. It's... uh, it's a fun competition. We just annihilated Thailand. I have no problem with the goal celebrations, anything like that. It's a World Cup. You score in a World Cup, you're allowed to celebrate it, in my opinion. But a slaughter like that's not fun to watch. Like I'm hoping for some better games here in the next couple games. They can't be that dominant. And I, I thought I read that it's Thailand's first World Cup. Um, and if you saw the keeper on some of the highlights, the keeper was essentially defunct, like not there. It was unbelievable. Look, Go back and look. Uh, maybe we'll tweet it out. It's remarkable how bad their keeper was. So I hope some of the games will be a little bit closer. 
and we are driving in a very familiar area right now that I have not been to in a very long time. The home of Hampton Hampton House, our, our college house. Brad and I lived together in college for two years with six, five other dudes. Six. It was crazy. Passing our uh, favorite spot, Yesterdog. Oh yeah. And then we got Billy's, which, when was the last time you went to Billy's? I went to Billy's on a date for 90s night and got very, very drunk and made out on the dance floor and spilled my beer. Sounds a lot like a Billy's evening to me. It was a Billy's evening, and I got to tell you, 90s night, if you haven't been to one and you're a millennial, older millennial, it's pretty great. It's pretty great. What are your other Billy's nights? I I can recall myself, St. Patrick's Day, getting annihilated. And then I went home and swung my guitar, my Schechter guitar, all red, around my neck, and, it, and, the, and the strap broke, and the neck dove into the ground, and the guitar neck just went. <laughs> and we were in a band at the too. time, <laughs> and that guitar was way better than the guitar I have now. I like that guitar a lot, and it was dead. It was a wonderful, wonderful guitar, and it was disappointing to see that happen, and I think we, uh, we had a burial for it. As, as we would because we were bizarre back then. Um, but we were in a band. We actually played at Billy's three or four times open mic night. And I remember drinking uh, irresponsibly because I was terrified of going on stage and playing. And so Why were you terrified? Time. Because you never played bass ever in your life before. <laughs> right. Maybe it was that. Uh, maybe it was just performing. We did Skeletone's show as well. And I hit my notes. Like, it was fine. Oh, Brad. Brad, oh, let boy. me just point this out. That you were a very good bassist for, for how little you played. Competent enough for, for to not hold us back for the real talent, which was Maiko and, and Mill Camp. And no, 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 no. I was not a real talent. I just picked up that guitar and dinked around. Dinked my way around. I was no real talent. He was. We had we had songs. There's an EP out there somewhere. Uh, we won't link that, probably. You know what the problem with the EP is? Is we only got one shot at the vocals. Do you know how many times people re-record vocals? Yeah, very true. It's, very true. It would make such a big difference. Well, and we were hung over that morning. We drove all the way out to, like, uh, Hamilton. Yeah, I was mad at home. you guys. And I think I passed close to that recording studio. There's an old grain silo on a farm. Yeah, it's hard to tell if it is a but recording But I remember everyone's drinking the night before, like, Wildly drinking, you and Milkamp and Brett, all very drunk, and I forget where I was going with that. Oh yeah, I left uh, I left these little note cards on your pillow to make sure your your assholes got up early because I fronted the entire thing, and uh, you know how we were about paying bills back in college. We were you were kid. we were not about much of anything when it came to responsibility in college, and even though we had this big thing that we cared about the next day, I'm sure we went just as hard the night before. Yeah, I remember Brett being terrified in the booth. He's his drumming skills on the recording were nowhere near what we'd hear him play in the basement when he was a little tipsy. We were all alone. You can apply that to any environment, unfortunately. Yeah, outside of the basement, he got nervous, and yeah. I did too. So I can understand. And drums are incredibly complex. Yeah, but man, he could yeah. kill it when we were jamming out. We had some crazy jams down there for for show. Show. So I want to test you real quick. And ask you, do you remember any outros off the top of your head for Rooster and the Devil? Hmm, they all meld together in my head, but I think the last one was very strange. Oh, uh, lift me, up, lift up my, uh, what's that song? Uh, lift me up on eagle's wings. That was a weird one. <laughs> that was the one that sticks in my head the most, I would say. Yeah. Also, the uh, bittersweet symphony, Neil Warnock was a, a good one. That's your best one. 
that's your best one. Yeah, that was a that was a jam. That was well done. It was well done. Uh, the extra vocals were applicable and still in tune um, with the rest of the song. And Neil Warnock, I mean, what a maniac! What can you say? Lift me up beneath or on the wings of angels. I could not hit those notes, so that it was just doomed from the start. And I didn't know the song, and What's I never spent that much time. Uh, Bet Mittler. Bet fucking Midler. There you go. Rooster and the Devil. Shout out, Bet. 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 I'll bet you. Maybe we should make some bets live on the air Let's here. Let's do that. Let's do that. What do you? Let's go. Uh, Let's go right against the devil. I think. Right against it. What do you? You want to talk about the Amazon Prime game for United and uh, and Spurs in December? <laughs> you want to bet on that game with Jimmy? The Amazon Prime game? What do you mean? So I tweeted this out today, but uh, Amazon Prime arrived at a deal a couple of years ago with the Premier League to broadcast five to six, or sorry, I think it's seven to eight games a year, randomly. And so they're picking during the Boxing Day, and remember the Christmas fixtures where it's just nuts? They're going to broadcast like several games, and one of them is Spurs at Old Trafford on Amazon Prime in December. Oh, that's quite excellent. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Yeah, maybe the uh, we the bet should be on a prime gift. I like that. Maybe a gift card. Perhaps a gift card. Perhaps. I think we should. Oh, have that's to be better that than one, that. But... We should. He, we should have to buy him like a Spurs shirt or something. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, or vice versa. Some United gear, some Red Devil gear. Yeah. How about though? How about we bet on? You can pick one or the other. USA or the field. In the Gold Cup? No, in Women's World Cup. Oh, there's plenty of good teams, I, I believe. I think right. France is very good. Okay. I think there's plenty of contenders. They've only won three times. Only. <laughs> they look really good, though. They got a good squad, and I think they're all at, like, the right age. Right? They sure are, Brad. Damn it. <laughs> when it came out of my mouth, I knew this would be poached, and it was. I'm a good poacher for that type of reference. It's, it's very probably not a skill. So what have you seen? Uh, has anything piqued your interest when it comes to the transfer market? Um, no. It is kind of interesting. Um, I don't know. I, I, it was a weird week, though, because usually I'm on my work computer all week. So I'm checking soccer articles as my break. I didn't touch a computer all week, so I'm just, like, behind in the world, I would say, as far as soccer goes. Yeah. What have you been up to uh, here in Michigan so far? Oh, it's just been fantastic. We arrived Sunday evening, and, yep, a lot of buildings going up in downtown GR. Shout out downtown GR, but this is my second time here, actually, this, this uh, week. But chilled on the lake, did some kayaking, did some golfing with my bud Bonesai Brad here. Uh, hung out with the wife, hung out with the kid, hung out with my sister. Sandhill Cranes. Sandhill Cranes, little baby Sandhill Cranes when we were kayaking. It was crazy. And just it being light, it's 940 and it's still light out somehow. And it's incredible. Barely. 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 So, yeah. So transfer-wise, I have to say that I have to talk about Ndembele. Because I don't think it's going to get over the line, but it's really exciting to talk about. And apparently they're legitimately confirmed talking with him. And I'm watching highlights and he's like a Sissoko mixed with Dembele. So, like, fleet-footed, beautiful passing in pirouettes mixed with good defending as well. I mean, when you say Dembele, I feel like you got to 
qualify this by like 80 people. Why are so many people so named Ndembele? Ndembele. There's a big N on the front. Ndembele. I don't know how you actually say it. I got to work on that. But it's it's an exciting signing if they could actually get across the line. I just don't believe that they will. Well, yeah. I don't know. What, when, there's been like no huge signings that we haven't heard of yet. You know, we, we knew all these ones that have happened already. Like I saw Eden Hazard. Yep. In Real Madrid uh, clothing today. Looking like a douche. And no, sorry, I like I like Hazard. At, a, at a Chelsea. I saw that. Yep. Is he going to Juventus? Is that confirmed? I believe so, yeah. I think actually it's a trade. Good. Yeah. One less uh, spot for Pochettino. This bell tower. Yeah, Grand Valley uh, State University. There you go. So what else are you uh, looking forward to with the Women's World Cup? Are you just, I mean, are you going to try and catch a game every once in a while? I will tune into the knockout stages for sure. Okay. Okay. Because yeah. I like watching U.S. And I think being on vacation made it a little harder for me to, to watch, but I'll be watching uh, Sunday for sure. Me too. Figure who they're playing, but Sunday's a nice day for a game, and I miss soccer so much. I know, we need it. I was just looking, though, and the Premier League fixture schedule did come out, which is cool. I saw that. And the exciting thing was I looked at the date for the first match, and I think it's August 11th. So just think about that, Michael. It's only two months away. Less than two months away already. Yes. Already? I know. It's wonderful. It's not fair. It doesn't even feel fair. It's great. It's not that long, man. And We're what's crazy close. is that the season doesn't feel saturated with games. 38 weeks. They do it nice. 38 games. 38 fixtures. It, it's just a, a nice number. The NBA should learn a thing or two. 38 match days, and every match day is wonderful. Yeah, every match day is important. It is. 100%. 100%. So, on that note, NBA, I, I do have a podcast planned with one of my former reporter friends, and the whole goal of it is going to be about to talk about my demise in basketball fandom and the slow switch over to soccer. Ooh, I need to tune into that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the Warriors are playing right now, and... Uh, I don't care who wins. I don't, I don't care. Um, I don't. I don't at all. Me neither. Yeah. It won't affect my day at all. It never did. Agreed. KD. Achilles. Agreed. <sighs> I know. I know. It's a bummer. But. KD. Shout out KD, my boy. I've played basketball with him. Interviewed him, amazing, amazing. Think about it. I played pickup ball with that guy. It's cool. It's absolutely mind shattering. Truly, yeah. truly nuts. All right. Well, on that note, we have about two minutes to Grayline Brewing. Shout out Grayline Brewing. Nice. Wonderful, wonderful beer. I can't wait to uh, see what you think. Michael here is a beer connoisseur of sorts. I am definitely a beer connoisseur. I'm a beer yes. snob. Yes, he I is. love craft beer. Yep. I love everything about it. Is snobby. Even the flavors, even the styles people don't normally like, I like them. I like all of them. All the styles. You gotta like beer. What are they, what's the specialty here? Is it hazy? Uh, their straight IPA is outstanding, but they have really good stouts. They have a couple sours. Ooh, I'm, um, I'm, I'm in the mood for a sour. We'll see what they have. I haven't been in a couple months, so I know they rotate. Um, and it's uh, the former brewmaster at Founders for the first about 15 years and he broke off and started Grey Line so which founders around these parts just so excellent what a regional powerhouse that that brewery is it is it's dynamite I, we were driving down 131 and they had buildings on both sides 
dude, it's going nuts. They're building. Uh, they're going. Uh, it's a little out of control right now. The growth, but it's it's a good thing. No complaints. Yeah, it's better we're than a lot of jobs. I'm sure. Our unemployment rate is three point two percent. That's like nothing. Yeah, on par with the rest of the country, right? Yeah, or better. Detroit's is still about I don't know ten to fifteen. I want to say. It's very large. Yeah. Yeah. Good things, man. Good things. Yeah. For sure. West side over east side. Peace. Nice. I like that. Goes slow when Berhalter first makes his moves. Michael Bradley and Josie again. Where's Cameron Carter, Vickers? You've got Tim Reeve. Oh no. We stink. Giassi's artist is starting. Christian Pulisic, you've gotta save us. I will lie awake watching Gold Cup games.